Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Network Podcast. I'm Gabriel Sedlak, and I have a lot to share with you here today. So let's get right to it. Hey, everybody, it's Gabriel. Thanks for getting on the podcast. I'm also videoing it. And as I always like to tell you where I am, I'm actually in the parking lot of a Super Target. Um, my son is inside with my mother today, uh, helping her uh, get some things. And, and you know what? It always gives me uh, the perfect window to share what's on my heart. So today, the subject is going to be, and the title is, Do You Self-Sabotage? Now, let me qualify it, and I'll explain to you why I'm talking about it. Now, um, I've written about this, I've trained on this, but it, it, there's just time doesn't permit to really go into super detail. But when I was growing up, um, life was very, very difficult, right? Tremendous amount of struggle. Um, had a real hard time in school, the school that I actually was in. I never graduated high school. I finally got a, a GED in the 90s. Um, there was a tremendous amount of lack. Well, let me, let me, let me qualify it. We, ha we had a lot, and then we lost it. We would get, and then it would go away. And so anything we had would always go away. And um, some of you know uh, a little bit of my story, too. Growing up, um, my, my dad uh, was catastrophically ill. And growing up around that was... Uh, insane because any any phone call any anything that was going on i we never knew from moment to moment if we were going to get the phone call my mother had a nervous breakdown um we had real tall grass lots of animals utilities were cut off constantly um uh, used to tell off the teachers tell off the principal i'm not proud of any of that it was just because the school couldn't compete with the noise at home and the real reality was hey we have to survive and sitting at a desk uh, for countless hours, month after month after month, uh, drove me drove me crazy. And so I just wasn't a good student. Um, I don't know that I, I don't I don't know that I actually physically passed a grade ever. Uh, I'm still convinced they mercy passed me. That is what uh, the principal told my mom, and she said I don't even know why he's in school. But see, that's also the case when you're talk, you know, when you're when you're dealing with a lot of noise behind the scenes. Uh, it's very hard for a school, a classroom, to have you know 30, 40 kids sitting and sitting stationary facing a a teacher all day long. When number one, they're not helping figure out how each kid learns. They didn't know how I learned. I learned different. I learned through life, through experience, through. Um, I could tell you the answers, but don't like don't make me write it down. Uh, don't make me work it out in in a, in in problems or in word problems. But I could have a I could have a conversation with you and answer, because because my life I connected uh, through experience more than writ, right? More than more than book knowledge. Anyway, so school was terrible. I I, I hated coming home. Um, obviously, with that many animals and the challenges financially and and all those things, you know, we had utilities cut off a lot. And I've got tons of stories about that that I'm going to share um, in the future. Uh, just the, the daily struggle, just to food, just for water sometimes, just to function. Uh, I had a lot of terrible nicknames growing up because kids made fun of me. 
And, uh, you know, you just, you hate that. And so, in, and then in the background, of course, here is this, you know, situation that I didn't know if my mom was going to make it from one day to the next because, like I said, she had a nervous breakdown and she, I think, was always on the verge of another one because she didn't know if the phone call was going to be the last phone call, right? So it was always crisis, crisis, crisis. And so growing up, I heard all these great stories, right? I heard stories about, um, uh, well, I, I, I'll give you a little bit of an example. So I, many of you know the, the part of my story where, you know, I had a beautiful encounter with the Lord uh, when I was 18, and a lot of amazing things happened in my life, and we have incredible testimony, and uh, how, you know, He just sets you free of, of stuff like that. So as I'm even sharing this with you, I don't share it to get healed. I'm not sharing it because somehow the process of sharing it is helping me get better. Um, I'm completely delivered from it. And you know you're really delivered from something when even discussing it and talking about it, you can't even manufacture the emotions if you tried to. That's how far removed they are from you. It's like you're looking in a museum at historical documents and you're like, is that really? Is, is that really it? Is that the original? So when I'm sharing this with you, it is, um, I'm talking about something that I'm able to reference removed from it, which is, uh, I think, an incredible gift. And for those of you that are dealing with anything that may hold you up in life, uh, just know that that's possible. Just know that um, real freedom and real deliverance is possible to really have something taken out of you. The sting is removed, right? Also, a lot of you know I've been in the home-based business industry forever and ever. Sorry, I'm playing with my glasses. I better put them, put them right here. Um, and, you know, I speak to and have spoken to people for decades on that subject, uh, trained huge groups of people, companies, individuals, private trainings. You know, I've written about the industry, so that's a real passion. And one of the things I like talking about is within the home base industry, if you have these little, these hooks in your life, um, any endeavor that you choose to do, whether it's marriage, whether it's a home based business, whether it's being a good parent, whether it's pursuing gifts and talents that you, that you have, that you just keep uh, putting on the back burner, if things like self sabotage are working behind the scenes, then it'll thread, it'll put a thread through everything in your life. And so you may try real hard, you may work real hard, you may have great gains, but then suddenly, because fundamentally you don't know that things are going to last, you'll create a crisis, you'll um, mess up the business opportunity, you'll ruin the relationship, you'll uh, get fired, you'll blame people for not pursuing whatever it is you want to pursue. And all of those things are used as tools in your toolbox to constantly confirm that inner narrative, which is nothing redemptive ever lasts. And so even, I remember in the early days, I would read Ecclesiastes, and it would be like, you know, meaningless. It's all meaningless, you know. <laughs> and that stuff wasn't good for me. That was obviously before, before I knew the Lord, and so I didn't know how to discern the Scripture. But I would read stuff like that, or Shakespeare, right? And it's like, oh, there, you see, it figures. True love, blah, up. Oh. Now they're both dead. Um, that whole concept, many of you may have seen this years ago, uh, the bridges of Madison County, right? I heard enough about it so that I didn't want to see the movie. 
But better to have loved once, but not giving into it, knowing it's wrong, and yet longing for it your whole life than to give into it because it's wrong. So I'll just live in this silent torment, longing for it. You know, what, and, and there's all of this fatalism, right? The world is laced with fatalism. So I had this tremendous fatalistic uh, undertone because I heard, I mean, think about it. So here's this father figure, right? Who I heard stories about changed the world, uh, 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 was a hero um, on, on, on the battlefront and just a tremendous amount of stories. That's for another time, but literally changed the world. Probably hundreds of thousands of people are alive today because of the things that he did. And there was all of this and did great things politically and great things uh, for humanity. And so that's the stuff that I hear as a kid. Well, and, and I had to take the emotional weight and carry the emotional weight of kind of being that confidant slash husband figure to my mother, even though I was a little, a little kid. Uh, you just carry the weight. You carry the weight of responsibility. I'd go out and try to sell stuff. I would sell stuff. I'd knocked on every door uh, in, in the Atlanta suburbs probably five times. I'd sell anything. I would, uh, I would uh, gather food from neighbors, um, you know, to uh, uh, saying that I was uh, uh, gathering food for the needy. Well, we was, we was the needy that, um, that I was gathering the food from. And it's not, there was even times I remember um, I had a whole bunch of uh, jugs of water, uh, a big milk jug. Remember the big milk cartons, a gallon plastic milk cartons that had the screw on tops? Uh, in the night, I would go down the bottom of the hill, go across. There was this one neighbor's house, and there was a spigot. It was easily accessible. And I'd go there every night, and I would fill up these jugs of water and bring the water back. Uh, we'd use that to sponge bath and you know give water to the animals, etc. I'm not proud of it. That wasn't how we lived forever, but there was years where that was just a taste of the crazy that we dealt with. Just a taste. And of course, when you're in a compromising situation and you're in a, a place where you're in desperate need, nut jobs show up on every corner. So there was always, you know, um, crazy uh, individuals that somehow would swarm around our lives and and uh, try to try to go after my mom and you know prey on her emotional uh, needs and and I would watch that and as a kid you know you're trying to process that and and so everything was. You know, we had stuff, it went away. Here's this great father figure that changed the world and now is in a hospital bed paralyzed. Why? He got the flu shot for swine flu. It triggered Guillain-Barre. So it drew him up. They traked him, paralyzed for seven years. So every day of my life was hospitals, nursing homes, hurt, nursing homes, hospitals, hospitals, nursing homes. And sometimes the benevolent of friends... Um, or people that would uh, gather themselves around my mom, or we would get our social security checks. Um, and at the beginning of the month, we would, you know, uh, buy a bunch of stuff. And then about two and a half weeks into it, we'd start taking everything back, right? And at the end of the month, we'd wait that last week until the checks came again. The one thing I can still do, though, I know the sound of the mailman. Because I became so tuned, I think it was the second or the third of the very month, right? The the checks would come, and the way our neighborhood was, it would come down the down this hill, and everything would echo off the hill. And I always heard the sound of the mail truck to bring those little brown envelopes. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, we would wait for that. And when we would get those checks, 
um, it would just be the greatest thing ever. Uh, we had uh, two cars in the driveway at two different times that both worked beautifully, uh, but my mother was convinced she couldn't drive. And so, uh, and I, I wrote about a little bit about that in my book. Uh, and many, many of you may have already read it. It's called Cut It Out. Um, it's available on Amazon or at uh, gabrielsedlack.com forward slash links. It's, yes, it's about the home base industry, but I promise you it's uh, about far more, far more, far more. Um, but anyway, you know, and, and so we'd get these checks and we'd get dressed and, and we'd call the cab, call the cab company. And I remember back in the 70s, we would spend six, seven, eight hundred dollars a month on cab fare with vehicles that actually worked in our driveway because she was convinced that she couldn't drive. So we let something that actually worked rot in the driveway and we would spend the money on cab fare. Just another, just another thief. You know what I'm saying? It's just another thing that steals from you because of belief system. So as a kid, you know, anytime there was anything, you'd hang on to it for dear life. But then you knew that it was the inevitability was going to come that it wasn't going to last. So stuff never lasted. We'd get something, we'd, give it, we, we'd, we'd return it to the store. Um, we'd have something, it would fall apart. Or because of the craziness and the crisis around us, many times stuff would be lost or stolen or misplaced. And it's just nothing ever lasted. So I began to say, okay, if you change the world and you're a hero, well, that's fine but you're going to give to your own demise until you're, you're washed up on a hospital bed. That's how a little kid processed it. Uh, anything nice, clothes, house, cars, anything. Um, you know, it's going to be great for a while and I'm going to enjoy it, but it, that stuff doesn't last. So even if we had something for a while, I found myself never attaching myself to it, right? And uh, again, we can't, this would take me a month to go into this in, uh, in deep detail, but the reason I call the podcast Do You Self-Sabotage is because you may not have gone through the crazy stuff I did growing up. And again, totally free from it, totally de- delivered from it. When I talk about it, it's actually wild. I have to convince myself that that stuff actually happened. But um, in my uh, late teens and early 20s, very early 20s, I had this this idea when I even came to business. You know, I helped uh, several direct sales companies get launched. I helped um, uh, businesses get off the ground. I helped um, people do marketing and all kinds of stuff and really create great success. Um, But I never, because of the self-sabotage, sometimes the stuff would, would, I would create the crisis or if something happened, I would say, ah, and this is all subconscious, guys. Things just don't last. So you're not sure. So if anything is too good, sometimes you'll push it away. And you know, I say all of this to say, amongst other things, many of you don't even pursue your the opportunity that's been put in your hands. You don't pursue your marriage. You don't pursue uh, being a good parent to your kids. You don't pursue um, uh, the creative venues that you have longed to pursue your whole life because deep down, you you don't believe that it's going to pay off. You don't believe it's going to last. So rather than, than taste the inevitable of it going away, you just won't engage it or you'll keep it at bay. And I'm telling you, I've seen executives, I've seen people that run companies do this, I've seen people super successful do this, 
And even though they may have some of the things, the, the self-saboteur just works and just eats the inside of their lives away. And I've seen people that stay exactly where they are, same town, same friends, same broke mentality, same broken thinking, and they never pursue or chase anything else because they don't believe anything out there is really, um, they could ever have it because of self, uh, lack of self-worth, but also um, the pain of, see, the, the, the one thing about poverty and struggle that is really difficult is you find yourself in this daily survival of your next meal, your next dollar, your next whatever. And so money is this great evil, but it's the desperately needed at the same time, right? Pardon me, let me take a sip of this LaCroix. Have you guys ever had it? It's wonderful. Ah, thank you. Um, and so you, you find yourself loving and hating it. I mean, the entire world is commerce. Everything, like I'm sitting here in the Target parking lot, the sign, the, the vehicle I'm in, the air conditioning, the gas that's running right now, the, the clothes I'm wearing, I'm going to have to shower later, and I'm going to wash my clothes. That takes money. The detergent takes money. The, the items in the stores, the, uh, the grease on the wheels of the shopping carts of all the people uh, for, for the Target uh, shopping carts, the plants, the people that are going to come and groom the plants, everything is commerce. So because everything breathes and operates that way, you have to have it. You can't escape it. It's got to come from somewhere. It's got to come from somebody. Anything, and there's no such thing as something free out there. It always costs somebody a lot. And so everything is commerce, but yet at the same time, there's this hate for it. And it really, I'll, I'll tell you something. If, if, if God didn't set me free, because it, literally it happened one day, I was really having a, a tough time with digging my teeth in deep uh, in, a, in a particular uh, situation, and um, and it's almost like it, it was almost deafening. I remember the Lord spoke to me and he said, and some of you have a hard time with me saying that, that's fine. I hope you appreciate my candor, because that's what happened to me. I'm not ashamed of it. That's what happened to me. That's, how, that's why I'm alive today, folks. That's why my wife and I have the testimony we have. That's why you know, the world has any hope anymore is because, yes, God exists and he fights for you, but you have to be willing to surrender to him. And so when I finally was willing to surrender through a series of events, it's almost like a snapshot. All of a sudden I saw like this super, super fast timeline where I saw scene after scene after scene after scene after scene in, in snapshots of me in them. And each one of those scenes were these self-sabotaging scenarios. And it basically said out loud, hey, do you know why you're struggling like this? Because, because of this route, because you saw, you know, your father figure was this, your life was like this, your basic sustenance was like this. And so you've taken those experiences, you've superimposed them on your future and everybody else and everything else. And that is the reason why on the inside you're so incredibly frustrated because you know there's more, you know you're called to do more, you know you want more, and you know it's right. But at the same time, it's so deeply rooted inside of you that you can't separate it and you can't get free of it because now it's confused itself and you think it's you. See, that's the real big deception of circumstances that are external and situations you go through when they 
when they just pound on you for year after year after year after year, they actually try to make you think that that is you. And if you think it is you, then you'll partner with it. And if you partner with it, even subconsciously, even if you hate it, you'll never get free of it and you'll only repeat it until, you know, you only have so much time on the earth, folks, right? I mean, how many decades can we suck up in uh, this trial and error stuff hoping that one day it will get fixed enough to be productive? Um, that's why I'm so thankful for that rush of, of, of God to come in and swoop and uh, capture you and, uh, and, and save you from yourself and protect you like he does. He's so good at it. So very, um, I love that. I just love that. But um, so I just want to tell you this. If you are a self-saboteur or you find yourself believing that things don't last, maybe even hearing this message is going to shed light on that. And maybe you'll go, hold on a minute. When I was younger in this relationship, I have a lot of people tell me, that there was a tragic, just a tragically difficult relationship, and that so bruised their heart that they were convinced at that point that they could never find the right person. Um, or self sabotage caused them to settle for the wrong person because they didn't think that a good one, neither were they worthy of it, but it would last. So they'll settle, settle for crisis, they'll settle for drama because they were used to it. I mean, isn't this stuff crazy? So on, on, the, on the podcast today, and I just, I just want to encourage you, there is deliverance, there is freedom. You don't have to repeat these patterns forever. Uh, maybe me just talking about it is going to shed light on it for you. And uh, I am a living example. I've had tremendous success. I have a tremendous marriage. I have tremendous kids. And we've helped a tremendous number of people get free and live larger in life because um, we're free of it. And if I had still held on to this stuff and if I was still affected by it, I wouldn't have been able to do anything. But boy, can I recognize it now. I can smell it on somebody and I can see the tendency if it tries to rise up on anything or around anything because um, I, I loathe it so much um, that I'm able to recognize it. And it's, so it's my desire on this podcast, do you self-sabotage? Ask the question. And if you do, then please extend mercy and grace upon yourself. Don't confuse your circumstances that you now live in with it being you. They're separate. Remember, circumstances. The word circumstance means stance, to stand in the circumference of. Contrary circum around you is a circumference where you stand. There's a circle of circumstances and situations around you and you stand in the middle of it. So as you look 360 degrees, all you see are those situations. And then it begins to confuse itself with that's how you are, that's who you are, that's your life. And it's just all lies, it's not the truth. And there is deliverance and there is freedom. So I uh, hope this is helpful. There's so much more to talk about. I feel like I'm, uh, <laughs> like I'm giving you guys... Uh, just, just the tip of the iceberg here, but uh, boy, it is um, when your lungs fill up with air, when you breathe in hope, when you, uh, when possibility is all around, where um, you know that 
uh, situations and circumstances are something to be conquered, not to be conquered uh, by. Uh, it just makes life very, very different. And this is your year. This is your time to see that kind of freedom. There's too much you're called to do. There's too many gifts and talents that have been sitting by the wayside. There's too much love and joy in the relationships. And there's too much success in business and in your opportunity to allow this poison to be there another day. So it's with that, I will see you guys in the next podcast. Don't forget to go to gabrielsedlack.com forward slash links and you'll see the link there to uh, all the podcasts um, and uh, the website and even my book, which you can get there. You can download a portion of it, uh, which will then uh, allow you to get the whole copy and or you can go right there to Amazon as well and get your copy there. I know it'll be immensely helpful to you. You guys are a blessing. Thank you for listening. And I'll share more of the struggles I had that I don't have anymore because of God's goodness and my willingness to reject them once and for all. Y'all are a blessing. Bye-bye. See ya. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Network Podcast. I really hope this message was timely and just what you needed to hear. Don't forget to subscribe to hear the latest episodes. And if you work for yourself in a home-based business or are thinking about joining one, then be sure to pick up a copy of my latest book, Cut It Out, available at gabrielsedlack.com and on Amazon. Until the next time.